Today is uh, Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday, and on this day, quite some time ago, the Holy Spirit poured out upon the first believers, the start of the church, the seed of the church, in a room in Jerusalem. I'm just going to turn this on. No, that's off. There we go. So, this is from Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were together in one place. Suddenly the sound of a... Of a <laughs> suddenly the sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them, and they were all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Last week, James spoke on ascension and he talked about how um, when Jesus went up into uh, that other place to be with, to be in the presence of the Father in the throne room of heaven and uh, that he would send the Holy Spirit to empower the church to be his hands and his feet. And that happened on Pentecost, I don't know, 2,000 something years ago. And the Holy Spirit has been with the church ever since. It is the power behind the words. It is the, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, empowers his believers to do his work and do and speak his words. And that's what I want to celebrate today. And that's what I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about it just a little bit, and then we're going to get messy. Um, well, we're going to do some stuff. We're going to see what God wants to do. So the Holy Spirit has been with the church, as I said, the whole, this, for the, the whole time. Right? And it is the Holy Spirit that saves people, plucks us from darkness to light, but he doesn't just do that. He restores, he heals, he speaks words of hope, he brings peace and love and mercy and forgiveness. And man, he's good. And so I'm going to, this is uh, Jonathan Rumi. So I saw the Jesus Revolution movie a little while ago, and he's the actor that played Lonnie Frisbee. He also plays Jesus in the Chosen TV series. And he says, says this. Every generation goes through this, uh, this search for identity and meaning and purpose, and it's usually the youth. They're looking for identity. They're trying to figure out who they are in relation to the world and the people around them. But it's not limited to them. Anybody who feels like they're missing something, they're trying to fill a void with everything other than, the relation, than a relationship with God, whether it's money, sex, drugs, celebrity, whatever it is, the things that are trying to replace God need to be replaced with God. And I think... Uh, if in Ecclesiastes 13, uh, 3.11, it says, He has made everything beautiful. He's made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he put eternity in man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from, from end to beginning. So 
we have in us this hunger for God. At the beginning, we were made, we were made in relationship with God. In the garden, we were there with God, and we would we walk with us in the in the evening. And it, there was a, there's this relationship, and that was broken by the fall. And we are, we now have this separation sown into our spirits, this hunger for God. And it's all too easy to fill that hunger with other things. People out there who don't know God are filling that hunger with other things. They are desperate to meet that need. But I can tell you, watching that movie, the thing I realized was that I have filled that hunger with other things as well. And I know God. So, after the movie, so the Jesus Revolution movie, it just, God just used it to teach me something. And uh, I wrote down some stuff afterwards, and I'm just going to read what I wrote. It's a bit raw. It still is. The movie is about a move of God amongst hippies in uh, California and in America and how God moved amongst them. They were looking, they were searching, they were, and they were looking at all the wrong places for something. As, as the quote says, right, they're looking for who they are. And God moved in them, moved upon them, and actually the, that movement gave birth to the vineyard. And there's these scenes of these mass baptisms on a beach and of God moving in amongst people in church and out on the streets, just using the Holy Spirit, working through people, doing what he needs to do. And I want it so hard it hurts. So that's what I wrote. Your kingdom come. To be a part of it, to see people saved. How I cried in the baptism scenes. But the conviction for me was that rather, so I've felt this way my whole walk. And for most of the time, rather than chase God for that, I've turned to other things. I've been consumed by my work, I've been addicted to pornography. I've been addicted to playing computer games. I've done, and I've watched TV, right? I've just done things. It's not like TV or games are bad, pornography is. Um, but the, the, these things became an idol for me. They became the thing in me that I would chase rather than chasing God to feed the hunger that he put in my heart. It sounds crazy, but that's what, it, that's what, was, what was going on. And I squash it down, that hunger, with other things. Because I'm afraid of disappointment. And so you get all twisted up. I got all twisted up. And God's really been working to untwist me. So, you know, I've been seeking God to put down those things and seek him. 
And I can't do it alone. I need him to do that, right? That's the funny thing, right? I can't save myself. I couldn't save myself when he saved me, and I can't save myself now. I need him to do it. And he's doing that. He's working in me. But I want to see his renewal. Man, we, have, we live in a world that is hungry for hope, for love, for, for, for wholeness. And he has all of that to give and so much more. I hunger, I said here, and God, please bring your renewal revival and awakening. And I, if I just got to stand on the beach and watch as people were baptised and saved, man, I'd be a happy man. Just to see God move like that. And there are many other movements like this in history. And you know, part of it is, if, is fear. I've built up this fear in me, right? A fear that, um, that stops me talking about God. A fear, that, a fear to stand up here and put it out there. Because what if, what, if, what if I put it out there and nothing happens? And a fear that I will be rejected by people, by my family and my friends who don't know him. That... And that I'd be, in some sense, rejected by God in all of this, right? That I would ask for the Holy Spirit to come and it wouldn't. And so I need to repent of those things. And seek him. But uh, in my workplace recently... Um, there's a woman about 50 who uh, passed away from cancer and I was talking with my boss about it Um, she was in our team Um, I didn't know well my boss is in our team as well but this lady was in our team I didn't know her all that well I'd done a little bit of work with her but and um I've been, my boss has been going through some tough stuff, tough stuff as well. And for the first time at work, I actually took the step to, you know, talk about praying. I prayed for her. Didn't pray with her, but I told her I was praying for her and for her mum who's quite sick. And uh, she was really asking questions when this lady died. Um, and I, I could speak simple words of hope. And it scared me to just speak out that. And I, you know, I shied away. I did speak, but I shied away from what some of the things that I could have said. And so I'm, you know, I need to be trained. I need, I need God to work in me and teach me. But I see so many people in a hopeless, hedonistic, performative life that our society demands of us. Right, that social media is pressing in on us, that our workplaces are driving into us, that our schools and our, you know, our society is really trying to um, have us fill our hunger for God with all these other things that will not satisfy us. And then I realise that I have created my own. So this, 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 I see people out there who aren't saved, right, leading this 
hopeless, hedonistic, performative path, and they're on this path to destruction. And I want to see them saved. I want to see them know the hope that we have, the, 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 the hope of, of the, the, the glory of the new heaven and the new earth. And I want to see that break in now. That is the promise that God has, that his Holy Spirit will come now and he will meet us where we are as we sang and as we prayed. And then I realized that I've crafted my own hopeless and performative path to fruitlessness because I've, taken, I've turned away from my hunger for God and filled it with other things. God is more than sufficient for me. Jesus is more than sufficient for me, more than sufficient for you. He is bigger than anything that we could face. Uh, he is, you know, I, I think we, we want to add things to the gospel because it doesn't feel like it's enough, but it's more than enough. The name of Jesus is, is the name above all names. We can just whisper his name and it comes in, and he comes in power. I want to live in that truth. I want to live in that light. So, the bit in the movie that really broke me was this, right? So, it's quite early on. Lonnie Frisbee. So, basically, there's this funny scene, right, where uh, Chuck Smith's daughter dares him to um, invite a hippie in, and then she finds one and invites him to their house. And so, he opens the door, and he's kind of like, oh, my goodness, who are you? And they have this conversation, and they're talking, and, and Lonnie's talking about hippies. And he's going, they are desperate. They are desperate. In desperation, man, there's power in that word. And then he talks to this pastor in suit, you know, who's in a small church filled with people who are all dressed properly and all kind of have the proper kind of way of being in church. And he says, what would it take for you, Chuck Smith, to be desperate? And I thought, uh, what would it take for me to be desperate? Because I've stopped, in some sense, I've stopped being desperate. Or I've papered over that desperation with other things. And I think that's the challenge to the church today. It's the challenge to us. It's Capital Vineyard. It's the challenge to the church today. How desperate are you for God in your life? the lives of your family, the lives of your church, the life of your city, your nation, and the world. Are we... How desperate are we? So, in a minute, we're all going to stand up, and I'm going to wait. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. And I'm going to have a very special ministry team come and join me. And we're going to wait on the Lord and we're going to see what God wants to do. One of the things I love about the vineyard is, um, you know, the, there's this whole thing, everyone gets to play. And uh, sometimes I, I disqualify myself from praying for people. I'm like, I'm, I'm too sinful, I'm too broken, I'm too this, I'm too that. I can tell you what the qualifications are. And actually only one of these is, is true. Are you alive? <laughs> right? If you're not, 
be raised from the dead right now in Jesus' name. And do you love Jesus? Now, I've heard a, heard a, a story of someone who didn't know Jesus, saw that people were praying for people, went up and prayed for someone and saw Jesus move, right? So I'm not even sure that the second one is a requirement, right? You can pray in the name of Jesus whether you know him or not. Um, but I tell you, it's a dangerous thing to do if you don't know him. <laughs> well, dangerous is probably the wrong word. It's a wonderful thing to do if you don't know him because he will meet you in that. So we can, you, you can do it here. And that's what this place is a training ground for, for us to go out into the world and take and be his hands and feet out in the world. You can pray here, you can pray out there. On Friday, I came down and we did a prayer session with the youth, and uh, it was just, it was, it was lovely, funny, and, uh, and wonderful. And it, that was, it ended with that with, we can just pray anywhere, right? We can do, any, like, we always have prayer. As a, it's, it's kind of our last resort and our first resort. It can be our first resort. Often it's our last resort, but it can also be our first resort. So, what I would like to do is ask the, so, actually, just before I do this, one of the things that the movie showed was that God was moving through the young people, in that generation. And uh, there have been a number of words and there have been a number of things that have happened. Like we had the Follow Conference here a few weeks ago and Easter Camp, and God is really moving amongst our young people. And so um, when I really, I really felt that what we need to do today is um, give our young people the mic, in a sense, right? So... If I could ask the, the youth and the kids to come up and the people who are um, helping them. And if we could all stand and pray, uh, stand and wait on the Lord. So we're just going to so stand. We're going to wait on the Lord. We're going to see what words the Lord might have through these guys or through me, or if you've got words, you can feel free to speak them out as well. We're going to wait on the Lord. Come on, Malachi, you can come too. And we're going to wait on the Lord and we're going to see what he wants to do today because it's about him. It's about his glory and his mercy and his compassion and his love for us. So we ask, Holy Spirit, come. Come now. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you're doing. I hide here under your shade. 